Welcome back to Women Blazers Podcast. I'm your host, Deanna Witter, and I'm excited to have Allie Dickin as our featured guest for episode 34. Allie serves as the Director of Brand Marketing for the San Francisco 49ers. Allie started out knowing she wanted to work in professional sports while in high school, and that vision helped drive her forward to make that dream a reality. Focused on contributing to the brand purpose, she's left no stones unturned as she continues to make an impact in the industry. I want to take a moment to thank Turnkey ZRG for supporting Women Blazers. Turnkey ZRG is a top talent search firm in sports, entertainment, and media. We appreciate Turnkey's role in advancing gender equity in our industry. When I work games and I see, you know, families in the stands and just the happiness, especially, you know, these last couple preseason games uh, where I've been back in the stadium after, you know, over a year and a half, it's just incredible to, to get to be involved in and, you know, amplifying that experience for our fan base. So, Allie, you went to Portland State University for communications and business. You know, what experiences helped determine which school to attend? And ultimately, how did you decide to pursue that degree? Yeah, so school selection-wise, I remember Portland State had come to my high school and they had done a presentation to us and I knew I wanted to stay local and there were other school options and ultimately I decided to go there because they had a good reputation, good programs for what I was looking to study and also was more affordable financially and uh, looking back, I think a lot of people don't think that way, but I was really big on I didn't want to graduate with debt. I, the fact that I was really thinking that at, you know, 18 years old, but I, I was and, you know, now I listen to so many people who talk about the debt that's following them around from college. And I'm glad that, you know, I went there and I'm glad I went there and I'm glad that I worked, you know, through college, too, because that experience, um, I think, also helped me just with work ethic and and being able to balance both, you know, school and a full time job. Yeah, no, that, that makes that makes complete sense. And I'm glad you brought that up because it's a topic that we don't talk about much is about you know, paying and affording college. Um, did you pay your own way through school? I did. I mean, my parents helped too, but I was really big on wanting to contribute to that and wanting to have a job and work and get work experience. Again, I don't think most 18 year olds <laughs> think that way, but I, you know, all through college, I worked as a barista at Starbucks and that alone just taught me a lot about working with people and dealing with difficult situations and <laughs> difficult people. And uh, so, you know, I'm glad and glad, I'm very glad in hindsight that I did that. Yeah, no, that's a, you obviously have the right head on your shoulders thinking about the financial component after you graduate and what sort of, um, I don't know, challenges you would have making sure that you weren't in a financial strain as graduation and those goals. So uh, kudos to you and obviously to your parents for whatever they did to help you uh, think think about, uh, you know, that path that way in that situation. Um, did you know, did you know while you're in college that you wanted to pursue a career in sports or, um, what was sort of that first vision for you, um, while you were in school for your, for your career path? Yeah. So I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I, I tell people that when I was in high school, I told people, 
you know, we would get asked what we wanted to do when we graduated. And I would tell people that I wanted to work for the Phoenix Suns. At that age, I didn't know exactly what that looked like, right? Even back then, (laughs) you know, careers in sports weren't really talked about. Mm -hmm. People didn't really know that that was a thing. But I would tell people at high school that that's what (laughs) I wanted to do. And I feel like they would just kind of look at me and go like, okay. Um, Because people, again, didn't really think about that as a as a job opportunity. So yeah, I, I always knew that I wanted to work in sports and entertainment. And, you know, that's what also led me to get the internship um, with the then Rose Garden Arena where the Blazers play, because I knew that that's the path that I wanted to be on. That's awesome. That's really cool. It's very rare. I get to talk to somebody who also knew that they wanted to work in sports in high school. I was the exact, right? same, <laughs> yeah, was the exact same way. So what was that first career um, experience for you post-graduation? And, you know, what was your biggest takeaway from that, that opportunity? Yeah. So I graduated and I was still slinging shots at Starbucks and, <laughs> you know, I just wanted to be able to, to, you know, get to that next step. And, I was looking online, trying to think of anything that would be entertainment focused that, you know, I could get on my resume as another um, another job that would kind of lead me to the field that I wanted to work in. And so I was still interning at the time. I was wrapping up my internship and I saw an opening to be an event coordinator for Entercom, which um, was work basically working for like six radio stations in Portland, six of the top radio stations. And I applied for that and I got in there and that basically involved me representing radio stations at events. So I would go out to events and, um, you know, we would do live broadcasts and I would set up for them and interact with listeners and do giveaways and all that fun stuff. <laughs> and to me, to me, that was just an opportunity to, you know, keep getting out there and networking and doing something in that entertainment industry. And it's kind of wild because I actually worked with people at the radio station who now represent artists that are celebrity 49ers fans. So I've <laughs> now like, I've now been able to go back and, and, you know, talk to people that I worked with at the radio station who now represent some of these um, celebrity 49ers fans we work with. So it's kind of crazy how things kind of came full circle there. Yeah, no, no, definitely, definitely. And it sounds like what a, what a fun and cool, you know, beginning of your career to be out in front, um, engaging with um, listeners and being at events. And imagine that was uh, just an incredible experience for you. And then in 2012, um, you get your sports career break in moment with the Phoenix Suns, <laughs> your like goal, you know, the goal that you had set out for yourself in, in, in high school, you know, and you were a marketing assistant. So how did you land this opportunity? Yeah, so I grew up a Suns fan. I lived in Arizona when I was younger. And so I knew that, like I said, in high school, I would tell people I was going to work there. And I had just been in, or I was just in Phoenix um, for a trip. And I went to a game there. I bought like this um, Facebook ticket pack <laughs> where <laughs> Channing Fry did a, Channing Fry did like a Q&A on the court um, post game. And I went to that and got like the free t-shirt and all of that fun stuff. And I came back from that trip and I was looking online. I mean, I would look online pretty much every day trying to see if there was any opening there. And it was pretty soon after I came back from that trip, I saw an opening for uh, a a marketing assistant and I applied for it. I didn't think I had any shot because I was out of state in Oregon. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I didn't think for an entry level position that I would, that that would work out. And I ended up applying for that. And then very quickly, you know, I got 
calls. Um, so I did some phone calls and then that led to some Skypes and, you know, um, they never actually met me in person, but, and this was pre COVID. So <laughs> most, people, <laughs> right. most people would meet people in, in person, but they didn't actually meet me in person. And so I thought, you know, I was still in the interview process. And then they called me on a Friday night and said, Hey, we want to offer you the position, but we need you to be here by Monday. So it was <laughs> during the MBA, it was during the MBA lockout year. And so, you know, it was, they were super short staffed at the time they had, you know, I think a market, it was a marketing director, a marketing manager at the time. Now that department, I think is like eight people, but at that time they were super short staffed. And so they needed someone who could quickly get there. And all throughout the interview process, I had said to them, this is my dream job. I will drop everything. Like I will, I don't, I didn't want to lose it to somebody who was local. And so yeah, I moved on a two day notice for that job. And it turned out to be the best thing that could have happened because it's what got my foot in the door. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's incredible. What a great story. And really proof, right? like, if you really want something, you got to just go for it, you know, um, no matter what mm-hmm. the, the barriers or the challenge could be, especially in a move from Portland or Oregon to, to Phoenix. Um, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. And you were yeah. the Suns for you were the Suns for um, for five years, and you had some promotions there over those years. Um, you eventually were named the marketing manager. Um, you know what did you enjoy most about learning and growing with the Suns and um, with that organization? Yeah, I think for me, I so I started as a part time marketing assistant where I moved for that job. I was only promised to be there for a couple months at first, oh, wow. and Um, I would go in constantly and say like, Hey, I really expressed that I wanted to be there and say, what else can I do? What else can I take on? And so I was constantly just asking for more responsibilities and asking, you know, people, people, if they needed help in other departments, and I was really eager about staying there. And so I, through that, you know, I, I got extended, extended, extended. It was, they would extend (laughs) me like a month at a time. And then it hit a certain point and they said, okay, we'll just make you full time. But, um, (laughs) And so I started actually just on the sun side. And then that's when I was a marketing assistant. And then when I was marketing coordinator and when my job changed to manager, they actually um, had me work on Phoenix Mercury, our WNBA team. So Mm -hmm. I was doing suns, I was doing Mercury. And then we had an arena marketing manager who had left and they gave me all of arena marketing too. So I was actually doing team side and all of the arena marketing. Wow. So through that, it was a lot of responsibility, but through that, I was just able to have all these experiences, both on the team side and arena side, and just learn, you know, that entertainment concert side and the team side at the same time. And so through that, I mean, there are just so many incredible memories I have from being there. I got to be a part of the Suns rebrand in, I think it was summer of 2014, we completely rebranded. So I got to work on uniform launches and complete logo rebrands. And on the arena side, you know, I got to work all these concerts and just meet all these incredible people. And highlight of that was Garth Brooks invited a handful (laughs) of us to come on stage with him. So I got to go on stage with Garth and um, learn that entire side and of, you know, the music side. And then on the Mercury side, I've won my first championship with the Phoenix Mercury. So uh, there's you know, so many incredible experiences that I have from my time in Phoenix. And I think the cool part was my position was kind of rare because I was the only one in marketing at that time who worked 
across everything. And so it just allowed me to, you know, get exposure to all these different areas and network with so many different people. So I think that was the most valuable, valuable part is just getting that exposure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely a rare opportunity. And it's sometimes, you know, when you're in a situation where the team is smaller, it just creates a much greater opportunity for you to stretch across. And obviously you were prepared and ready to take on those additional um, responsibilities as they presented themselves. So that's, that's a big time. And I I love when you talk about your campaigns. I mean, that's probably like sitting on the outside in a revenue role, looking, you know, at the marketing team, um, doing all these fun and cool campaigns, as you mentioned, is there one campaign or initiative that really stands out that you did there um, across any of the three uh, properties that you, that you worked with there? There was a campaign we did with the Suns called Ignite the Future that was really cool to work on. I also worked when I first got there, one of my first responsibilities was establishing a street team and building that program. And um, get, I ended up working on this interactive vehicle that came all the way from Boston, like worked with the company to design <laughs> it. It had um, at that time, it was like 2012. So it was pretty advanced for 2012 and it had (laughs) a game system in it. it had a hoop that came off the top of the vehicle and so getting to be involved in that too like right off the bat I was something that was really cool for me of just getting to work on the design for that and the interactive elements of it and it was you know buying a car from you know that was in Boston and working (laughs) with the company in Boston on that like right off the bat that was that was something that was cool and getting to grow that street team program from the ground up just as someone who, you know, came in and right off the bat got to manage that program was really cool. But yeah, there were, there were so many different things on the sun side. So it's hard to, to kind of pinpoint, um, you know, too much, but, and then, you know, on the mercury side, there was mercury side I loved working on because we just had so much opportunity to be very creative on that side. We Mm -hmm. had a lot less money on that side. And so we got to do, you know, think a lot more creative, creatively about things. And, and yeah, winning that championship with them was was something that I'll remember forever, too. I can only imagine. Yeah, it sounds like you had some just really cool experiences and got to touch uh, a number of awesome campaigns and initiatives that made impact in the community and with growing your fan base, especially. So that's, uh, that's really awesome. In 2016, you make a move to, uh, sorry, from Phoenix to the Bay Area and join the San Francisco 49ers where you are today as the brand marketing manager. You know, what what inspired this move in your career? What inspired that move was, you know, I had been with the Suns for five years and I had gone through a lot of marketing iterations of the marketing team. And I was that constant like surviving member of the marketing team. And (laughs) I had just you know, I just kind of hit my ceiling there. I had done so many seasons on the sun side, so many seasons on the Mercury side. And then I'd worked so many concerts and events that, you know, I loved what I did, but I just was ready to take on a new challenge. And so I had always had an interest in getting in on the NFL side. And so I saw the opening with the 49ers. And I mean, just to me, the 49ers had always been a brand that was such a legacy brand, so much history, Um, and so I just thought it was an incredible opportunity and it also kept me on the West coast and I, I really wanted to be able to stay close to, to my family in Oregon. And so it just seemed like the perfect opportunity to, to take that and, and, you know, get that next step in my career. 
Yeah, that sounds like a, just a great opportunity, especially, you know, getting closer to, you know, back to the West Coast, but also um, to grow your career. And like you said, take on new challenges and take on a new sport um, as well um, with different seasons and um, a different fan base. And, and to your point, like um, 49ers have such a historic brand. Curious, like how how do you describe that experience of being responsible for the work that contributes to building on to that um, to that legacy of the 49ers? I think with the with the 49ers, it's it's truly an honor to be a part of that because, I mean, I go out to events or I have fans that message the team and the the team and the brand. You know, the I say the brand because these fans, you know, it's all, everything's an extension of the brand and them wearing our gear and and you know going to all the events that we have and and everything else. But our fans love the team so much and it means the team and the brand means so much to them that getting to be involved in something that brings so much happiness to people, it sounds really corny, but, um, <laughs> you know, when I work, when I work games and I see, you know, families in the stands and just the happiness, especially, you know, these last couple preseason games uh, where I've been back in the stadium after, you know, over a year and a half, it's just incredible to, to get to be involved in, and, you know, amplifying that experience for our fan base and, being a part of things that, you know, they wear and they experience is just really cool. And it's, you know, my boss and I talk about how there's a lot of brands out there and, you know, you, you can have Crest for instance, that does toothpaste and Mm -hmm. Crest is a great brand, but Crest doesn't have, you know, a huge fan base in terms of people that get really excited over toothpaste, but we work in sports (laughs) and we work in sports and like, we get to be, you know, a part of impacting this brand that so many people have such an attachment to and that it brings, you know, a brand that brings so much happiness to people. So I think it's just an honor to, to get to be a part of that. Yeah. I mean, it, it absolutely is. And it, it's your podcast um, isn't sponsored by Crest, is it? It is not. I'm, just, I'm joking. <laughs> it is not sponsored by Crest, but I just completely okay. ruined, we just completely ruined that opportunity for us, didn't we? <laughs> Oh man, I uh, I was gonna say, um, you know, we talk about you know like what you're selling, you know, what we're marketing and what we're selling at sports teams, and a lot of people think it's about you know the tickets and you know wins and losses and supporting the team, and it is those things are involved, but ultimately the key here, the driver is to the point you made is is about delivering um, happiness and um, mm-hmm. presenting and providing something in somebody's life that brings them joy um, as sports has done. And when you have a historic brand like the 49ers, you get to really live and see the impact of that over generations um, in a, in a sport um, that goes back as far back as the NFL does. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think that's, that, that is an incredible experience I'm sure for you and, and the, and the individuals that you work with at the 49ers. So that's awesome. Now comparing your experiences working both in the NBA and the NFL, you know, what have you identified as some of the biggest differences between the two leagues? I get asked that a lot. And I think the biggest difference, the number of games <laughs> and at the, at the suns on the nba side and on the WNBA side there was such a huge focus on tickets and so there was so much that was going into creating all of these ticket packs you know all you can eat pack carl's jr pack and so much was put on that and i feel like that you know ticket sales are important in the nfl as well but it's just it's just a different approach on the nfl side and 
Um, I'd say that's probably the biggest difference is just number of games and how the importance and weight of those games. So for us, we have, you know, our eight regular season games, two preseason games, and those games are weighted much more heavily because we have, you know, only have so many games. And so everything is heavier, heavier from a partnerships standpoint, from just the amount of work that our team is putting into each game. So I think just with less games comes those games being weighted more heavily Mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I do think there's a difference in terms of, you know, you have so many seats to fill um, for so many games on the uh, NBA and WNBA side. And, you know, it's just different on the on the NFL side with with having less games. So that's probably the the biggest difference I really feel. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good point in a in a shout in just in terms of the differences and yeah, the demand, um, the demand difference and which then puts to your point just more. Uh, more emphasis on the needs of marketing, like specific products versus experiences or maybe content um, around the team um, gets balanced out differently because of the need um, on the NBA or, or, you know, NBA, WNBA side. That makes that makes complete sense. Um, Pi allows you guys to have way more flexibility, creating more um, compelling content, storytelling content versus, um, you know, sell a product content at both teams you've worked um at you experienced obviously you experienced career growth you know what what has been your approach to growing internally and putting yourself in a position for that next opportunity when it presents itself yeah i think it goes back to just i've always been very vocal about what can i do to help what can i do to make you know my boss's job easier um, where are opportunities for me to continue to, to rise up. And so I think just being vocal, just being willing to, to help out and, and be there when needed is huge. I think that a lot of people have an expectation of what they should do in a certain role, or like they very much adhere to their job description and not, you know, as much the like other duties as assigned. And, (laughs) you know, I think you have to think, beyond, you know, your job description and, and think of where you want to go and what you can do to get there and, and how you can be vocal with people that you work with, whether it's in the organization or, um, or outside the organization to get exposure to new opportunities to continue to help elevate you. So, you know, it could be something like saying to your boss, hey, I would love to be able to present on XYZ that I'm working on at the next, you know, organization all hands meeting and just continuing to put yourself out there and you know asking other departments if you can help them with something that they're working on or um, I think I think that's really the biggest thing and then just beyond that is just showing it in your in your work ethic and the results of what of what you're doing so you know I think being able to do things going back to the job description doing things that you're not asked to do you know coming up with an idea and executing it on your own without, you know, needing a lot of handholding or, you know, asking for if, if something is okay, just taking initiative, being proactive. I think all of that, you know, helps in order to, to have you seen, you know, at a higher level and being able to continue to rise up. And, and then if, you know, if you hit a certain point at where you are, you know, the people around you, being you know, good, you know, resources for being able to help you get to whatever that next step is, even if it's outside of the organization. 
Yeah, that's, that's so true. And what great advice. I mean, I love the advice that you provide. And, you know, it's, it's about displaying leadership and taking an initiative beyond your job description. And I think that when you do that, you are going to stand out amongst your peers as you did. um, And you're going to get noticed. And when those opportunities presents itself, when you put your name in the hat, or if somebody comes to you on it, they're going to be thinking about you in that role, because now you've built relationships, you showed initiative, you showed leadership skills, you showed somebody who knows how to take action against opportunities. And um, that's fantastic. I, I love that advice. I love how you outline that. Um, and and um, it's, it's a great takeaway for, for everyone um, listening today. Like I always, I always make a, a shift here. And I, in every episode, I like to talk about um, my version of work-life balance. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've rebranded it, which I hope you appreciate as a brand marketing person. <laughs> um, I've rebranded work-life balance to be more about uh, a positioning of lifestyle. I mean, as you know, like this career is a lifestyle. I don't think anybody would deny that that works in it. And just curious for your own, just from your own personal perspective and your own lifestyle, like how do you organize your life so you're committed to to your work, but also how you prioritize things um, in you in your life that you that you love to do away from work. Yeah, I mean, truthfully, I think it's a process. I think it's something that I need to get a lot better at. And I think a lot of people would say that as well, especially, (laughs) you know, coming out of this pandemic and so many of us for so long being glued to, you know, being at home and and having to work remote and everything and kind of (laughs) being that always on mentality. Um, So yeah, I think it's something that I'm trying to get better at every day. So for me, it's, you know, just putting emphasis on the thing on that work-life balance and things that make me happy. So, you know, just like we have meetings throughout the day for work, actually saying, you know what, I need to do this and putting it on my calendar. So whether it's working out, whether it's hanging out with friends, whatever it may be, um, traveling, putting it on my calendar and treating it like it's a work meeting. I think that for me is just prioritizing it at the same level that, you know, that that's just as important for, for mental health and for being able to, to get a break from just the, the kind of nonstop of this industry. So, so yeah, I definitely think it's a work in progress and something that I'm trying to get better at for sure. Yeah, no, I I think, um, I think we all can think about the imbalances of life in terms of work and, let's say play I'm personal. Yeah. And I, you know, I think, um, I think you're right. I mean, I personally do the same thing that you're recommending. I, I, I schedule things into my calendar and I realize like I hold myself to the calendar more than I hold myself to like where I feel like I should be pulled. Um, mm-hmm. and so when I, when I do schedule it, it feels, um, more like an obligation, um, oddly enough, but I, I do feel like it, I'm happy I did it because if I didn't, then I would have carved out the time to do it. So it's a, it's a great, I think it's a great exercise, um, to build the process that you're describing. Um, if you're a person that's sort of stuck, you know, in that, in that work, um, sort of all the time work, um, area, especially at this time for you, I would imagine your, your season just kicked off. Um, you have your first home opener, um, you know, next, next Sunday, um, which by the time I think, we have this recording. You would it would have been tomorrow, um, yesterday. I'm sorry. And so, um, yeah, for you, it, it, do you do you apply anything differently in season versus out out of season for you, knowing that your schedule is a little different than other people in sports? 
I mean, for, for off season, I definitely prioritize it even more so. So I always try to take a big trip. So this year I went to Hawaii um, <laughs> during the nice. COVID was still going on. <laughs> that was like the whole process of getting out there. But, you know, I spent some time out there and, you know, that was like my big trip this year. But so I always try to prioritize having a big trip or multiple trips, but always like a big one of a place that I really want to go. And, and just, I also just prioritize being able to make sure that I'm seeing my family, spending time with them and spending time with friends that I haven't seen in a while. And so off season is definitely a lot easier because my calendar calendar is more open and I'm not tied down every weekend. So it's easier to, to be able to, to travel and all of that with having so many loved ones that are all over the place. <laughs> but I definitely think, you know, one of the blessings to come out of COVID is just having more flexibility, even during regular season and just with work, having fl more flexibility. So being able to, you know, now be in this, I don't know what it's like, you know, where everyone is, where they work, but um, my boss, Alex is really good about, you know, giving us the opportunity to be hybrid and trust us to get our work done when, you know, he just trusts us to get our work done at the end of the day. And so if we want to work from home three days a week, come into whatever it may be, however we work best, um, empowers us to do that. And so I think that's going to, as we come out of COVID, um, hopefully that's soon, but as we come out of it, I think that's going to be the good thing. One of the best things to come from COVID is just that you don't have to be chained down to an office and you can work, you know, you can travel and work and be in, you know, be able to be more flexible. And um, so I think that's a really, a really awesome thing that's come from this. Yeah, it, I, I agree. I think it's a, a really great thing. And there's a sense of like, to your point, you're almost sort of freed from this, this, this concept that you think you have to be to your point, like just sort mm -hmm. of like chained to this office and only this office setting is the only environment where I can succeed, which has been yeah. obviously proven that that's not the case. I mean, we can succeed in other environments away from our peers um, because the, it really, I think it goes to back to what you said, like your leader has instilled trust. And mm -hmm. so therefore you believe in yourself that you are going to be um, disciplined in the things you need to do to be successful personally, but also for the team, knowing that you are a member of a greater team that you need to get things done for. And you're probably, you know, obviously passionate and connected to the work that you're doing. So you would want to get it done. <clears throat> so mm -hmm. I think that's, um, that's a big, that's a big opportunity there. And I'm looking forward to seeing how sort of our industry shifts across the board um, with all the, that new knowledge. Now, um, diving on a little bit deeper, um, you know, what do you wish you knew at the beginning of your career um, that you know now? I think, you know, I, when I first started, especially would always be one of those people who was like last person in the office. I, you know, would work so many nights. I would, you know, work on, go in on weekends when I didn't need to be there and just put so much time and energy. And I think there's a fine line. I think you can be great at your job, produce great work, but not be married to your, <laughs> to your job. And I, so I think just having more of a healthy balance with going back to just the work life balance, right? I think it's just, you know, looking back, I think, man, you know, so many of the years when I first started, you know, I just spent so much time there and I was always there. And especially, you know, working on across the team side and arena side, I was there for so many events and everything too. And so I think that just having more of a focus early on on, on prioritizing 
work-life balance. And like I said, that doesn't make you any less of an employee. Like you can still, you know, be taking on projects and, and performing at a high level and all of that, but just being able to balance things better. I think that's one of the main things I would tell people is that, you know, having a career is, is awesome, but, you know, especially going through COVID and everything, like you kind of reevaluate your life and, and how much you prioritize certain things. And so I think just having that healthier, you know, work-life balance early on is probably something that I would tell myself if I could go back. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's really great advice um, for yourself. And if you were, if you're looking back and I was just having this conversation the other day with somebody that we were talking about, um, it's really easy to get lost in your work, but it's so mm-hmm. important that you don't get lost, you know? <laughs> like, <Yep. laughs> and I think Definitely. that, you know, that really makes you think about um, sort of what happens, you know, when you, when you're sort of, sort of like just diving into the work and really focused, um, which has a lot of benefits, uh, but in the mm-hmm. back end, what are you giving up? for that. And you got to keep that, keep that in mind at the same time. For sure. Yeah. I also think just working in sports, it's such a glamorous job, but that it's what people want to talk about all the time. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. which is, it's an awesome industry and I'm so thankful to be a part of it, but yeah, I think a lot of people can get really caught in the identity of it of you know, their job being their identity. And, um, I think you always have to remember that you could lose your job at any point. Like, look at what, look at what happened during COVID, how many people lost their jobs and, so I think just having more of a separation between your identity and your job is so important. It's just good to to really actively prioritize having more of a separation between your job and, and you as an individual. So what has been the most rewarding experience or takeaway from your career so far? Um, wow. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think just, I mean, across the board, I'm, I've just been able to be a part of so many, so many crazy experiences I never thought I would be able to experience. But the one that probably stands out the most is we were going to the Super Bowl when we won against the Packers in the NFC Championship in January of 2020. So that experience was just, I look back at that and just the, I just remember the moment of finding we were out finding out we were going to the Super Bowl. And it was just such an emotional feeling of, you know, I had at that point, I when I started with the 49ers, the team wasn't doing well. And so to just go from that to having a, a season where we were undefeated for so long, and then that moment when you find out you're going to the Super Bowl, just so many people who work in sports just dream of that moment. And so for me, that was just an incredible experience. And to make it even sweeter. My family was with me and at the game. And so getting to have them there and then after the game took them down to the field and we walked all through the confetti and took all the <laughs> pictures down there. So that was just really cool. And then I, you know, we, the organization flew us out for Super Bowl, And so I got to take my brother with me to Super Bowl, And that was just, you know, such an awesome thing to be able to share that experience. Like I've been able to experienced so many things just myself through the Suns and through the 49ers but being able to also include my family in that just means a lot to me because I'm very close with my family and being able to share that experience and allow them to you know take that all in too is really cool so I think there's you know been so many rewarding experiences just across the board throughout my career but that's definitely a, a moment that that stands that awesome and special to me.
Yeah, it sounds incredible and very special. And I share in that same sentiment in terms of, you know, wanting to share those experiences with your loved ones, your family, um, because it's it's crazy because like, you know, I'm sure you felt this way. It's hard to describe, you know, I, I think about my time with the Cavs and winning our championship in 16 and going to the finals, you know, for four years in a row. There's something about those moments that happen with the team that sort of reflect in your own personal journey. And so when you can share mm-hmm. those moments with your family and the people who have been supporting you through the decisions of your career and the, the hard times and the good times, um, it's like that moment of going like, oh man, like this is what it was all about. Like, and there's this like mm-hmm. personal celebration at the same time you're celebrating, you know, you know, a te- your team's like accomplishment. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. And to your point, not everybody gets to experience it. And I really hope that, that most people do because it's, it's such a, it's such a surreal moment and opportunity for sure. And to close things up, um, you know, what advice do you have for those looking to grow their careers in the sports industry and, and maybe more specifically um, individuals that are looking to grow their careers um, down the marketing path of our industry? I think the really big thing is not going into it and not having a sense of entitlement with it. I, I talk to a lot of people, I do mentoring and I talk to a lot of people who just, you know, they graduate college and they kind of have this expectation of a level that they should be coming in at and a title that they should be coming in at. And, you know, I just, I don't think they know any better. They go through school and they just know to get a job afterward. And um, so right off the bat, they kind of have, they don't really know like what it takes to necessarily get that position. They just want that position immediately. And I think we also live in this culture of just instant gratification. And so I always talk to the people that I mentor about, you have to be willing to start at the bottom if you want to work your way up, especially in this industry. And it's going to involve a lot of things that aren't glamorous. So mm-hmm. you can see, you know, someone can see a picture <laughs> of me standing on, standing on the field at a game. And it's literally like two seconds of an insane, crazy day where I'm running around all running around the stadium, but they see two seconds of me standing on the field and it just looks really glamorous. Right. But they don't see all the behind the scenes of, of what goes into a game day or what goes into just leading into a season and all of that. So I think coming into it, being humble, willing to work your way up. And I tell people when I started at the Suns, I remember like I got there with the, within the two days of to start <laughs> and they I got there and they gave me a bin that was like, I mean, it was probably like 20,000 enter to win forms. And <laughs> I said, Hey, we've been having all these events and like, we have no one to input all these enter to win forms. And it was a crazy number. I think it was like 20,000 or something, but oh my goodness. they gave me this bin and they said, we just need, it'd be really helpful. We just need you to put these log these in Excel. And so my first probably two weeks there was just me on the computer all day and putting enter to win forms. And, (laughs) you know, anyone could look at that and be like, Oh, like you flew or you, you know, flew out, you know, to move there in two days and kind of rushed everything to get there to just do enter to win forms. But to me, it was like, I saw how much they needed that done because Mm -hmm. there just wasn't enough bandwidth and they needed help. And so you also have to realize that, you know, tasks that you we all do mundane tasks even as a director level now like I do mundane tasks but you know so many of those tasks that you may think are really small or those job titles that you think are you know small and and you want to hurry and get to this other title 
like so much of that work is so crucial um, for a team and for for helping people out. So just being willing to to come in and start at a lower level and just ask people what you can help with and you know network with people and just you know communicate your desire to to stay with the team and you know offer up that you're willing to you know to take on more responsibility and i think you know if you show that work ethic and you show that you're you know passionate about what you do and you have that hard work ethic and no job task is beyond you and there isn't that ego or sense of entitlement i think that sets you up to be in a good position to continue to to move up in the industry and especially now, I mean, I talked about earlier how when I was in high school, college, this wasn't really a career. Like people didn't talk about the sports industry when, you know, at that age. And so now it's just completely shifted. There's so many more people who've realized that this is an industry that they can work on, work in. And so I think it's important to just be really honest with people. And, you know, I have people who graduate college and apply every day for positions that are, you know, positions that say in them that they're like, you know, five to 10 years experience or <laughs> whatever it may be. And so I think it's important that people talk to people about, like, realistically, how to get in with positions and, and, you know, not, you know, thinking that you have to put this weight on yourself to be a certain title, right when you're coming out of college before you've really kind of earned that and, and worked your way up. So I think that's probably the the number one thing I, I tell people. And then just, you know, a lot of people talk to me about like wanting to go to grad school. And I think grad school is a personal choice for people. But personally, my opinion on that is that, you know, if you w want to go to grad school, you can, but I, I don't think it's necessarily needed for this industry. And um, so I, again, I think that's a personal choice. But I think a lot of people put a, the weight of school on them and, and that pressure. So I think just thinking about like what you want to do, what makes you happy, and then, you know, being willing to start at the bottom and work your way up is, is crucial. You know, that's some, that's some really great advice. I mean, the, it's, it's, it's not about title, it's about opportunity. Uh, I love, mm -hmm. I love that every, every, it's like a puzzle, like every piece of the job, whether it seems like a small piece or a big piece um, completes the goal, right? Like it completes the image 100%. and the picture, the vision of what you're trying to do. And so take, take pride that you have a small piece of the puzzle, even if it's data entry from sweepstakes, <laughs> um, because it, it does, it does. If that's not done, then the puzzle's incomplete. And now we have a missing piece exactly. of data that helps drive our business forward. So um, an incredible advice. And, and at the end of the day, I, I, you know, at the end there, when you talk about um, graduate school, which is a big question we get asked all the time. And everybody has mm -hmm. different paths to where they are today. And graduate school and, or getting your business degree is something that you have on path as a goal for you, yourself, or you feel like that's something that will help edge you forward personally in your personal development, go for it. Um, is mm -hmm. it required for our, our industry? No. Um, but, you know, it's it's it definitely is a personal choice. And I think for when sure. you talk to people who did it, you know, I think they find so much value in it. And the people, myself, I didn't get, I didn't, you know, get a master's either. Um, I, you know, I just found, I found a lot of value in getting to work and, you know, um, finding opportunities, but I, I had opportunities to get the job I wanted out of the gate too, similar to yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, everybody has a path and all paths lead to where you want to see, where you want to end up as long as you keep going forward. Definitely. Hmm. 
Well, thank you so much, Allie, for your time. I know it's, like I said, I know it's a busy week for you. I'm wishing you and your team great success this season. And um, yes, good luck with everything. Yes. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. And that's a wrap on episode 34. Thank you to Allie for sharing her experiences and insights with all of us today. And as a thank you, our friends at Turnkey ZRG has purchased a one-year membership for her to join the Pro Sports Assembly, an industry member-led association helping advance equity in pro sports. I invite you to always follow us on Instagram at Women Blazers to stay connected and to engage with the Women Blazers Network. And look forward to episode 35 featuring Carly Knox, President of Business Operations for the Minnesota Lynx of the WNBA. Have a wonderful week, everyone.